0: Welcome to this episode of the Buy The Hood podcast or webcast, because I don't know how you're consuming this content. I'm your host as always. My name is Jimmy. And as we start off every show, that's with gratitude. Just want to say thank you to everyone and anyone who supports anything that we've got going on. Special shout out to all the students from By The Hood University, as well as the youth from the By The Hood ownership camp. We appreciate you guys uh, tremendously. Um, but I got my partner crown me as always. Cole, what's up, good brother?
1: What's good, man? How's everybody doing? You know, welcome to 22. You know, every day is a good day to be alive. we never going to complain about being alive. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
0: But as you folks know, our show is designed to highlight brothers and sisters who are putting out positive energy doing tremendous things. And it's doing great work in the community. We want to make sure we talk to them, get them to tell their stories and just, you know, um, kind of, you know, spread love. And this brother that we got on right now, man, I, I like his story, right? First of all, first and foremost, shout to my brother the finance, rebel Kamari, because he hit me up and was like, yo, you got to get this brother on the podcast. His story is amazing and in terms of the work that he's doing. Went and looked into the brother, this brother, Michael Sneed, we're getting ready to bring on. Now, this brother is, is, is proof that just adding value to the marketplace, you can achieve a lot in business. So I'm not going to tell a story, but I'll let our brother Michael Sneed from Appliance Boot Camp come on. Mike, how are you, good brother?
2: I'm doing good, man. Thank y'all for having
0: me on. Oh, man, listen, um, you know, we, we talk to people from all walks of life, doing all kinds of things. And when I heard your story, I was like, man, that's interesting. We never had anybody on that's found a way to add value the way you have, um, you know, with Appliance Boot Camp. So, you know, to make a long story short, you basically have found a way to create revenue or pairing appliances. And we're going to get into that. But let's start with your background. Where are you originally from, born and raised?
2: I'm originally from a little small town in North Carolina called Stovall, North Carolina. Uh, I think we had about 800 uh, people there, population of about 800. We had a uh, one-stop light, but the guy who uh, we call Puttwood truck, it's like a log truck, ran on top of it and ripped it down. so we didn't have the, after that we didn't have the one-stop light. I grew up in a little rural area, Stovall, North Carolina.
0: Man, What's that close to? So, um, a lot of people probably have no idea what that is, but what big city is uh, that? Close? The
2: closest place you'll find is probably Raleigh, Durham. Uh, from Stovall, it's about uh, about maybe 45 minutes to an hour from Raleigh.
0: Okay, so you're close to Raleigh. All right, cool, got it. In terms of, so what kind of student were you coming up?
2: Uh, <laughs> I see student at best, uh, uh all the way in uh, until I got to. Uh, probably my, maybe my junior year, sophomore, junior year in college, I was maybe a C student.
0: Now, were you always, um, good with your hands? Like, is that something that you always were good at in terms of using your hands?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I always been mechanically inclined. Um, uh, I think my grandfather started with my grandfather. He could fix anything and, um, uh, watching, helping my grandfather and my father growing up, fixing stuff, working on cars. Uh, fixing stuff around the house, doing construction work. Uh, just, just was natural to work with my hands.
0: Okay, all right. So that's something that you've always been good at.
2: All right, mm-hmm. so um, in terms of colleges, you went to college, what college did you go to? I uh, went to North Carolina a State University. Um, oh, HBCU. Uh, yeah, HBCU, the best cool. one it is too. Uh, went to uh, North Carolina a and uh, I majored in electronics and computer technology. I flunked out my first year. The first year I was there, the first semester I flunked out. Uh, I, I started off with 17 credit hours. I think at the end I had maybe three. Uh, one class and a lab, and I had a C and a D in both of those. I had a partial scholarship I was on. I lost my scholarship, and uh, and uh, my father came up and took me away from college. Uh, so uh, told me uh, I had. I, he didn't even pay the first the first year. First semester, where he told me I had to work and pay back those people money that I messed up <laughs> going to school before I let me go back to school. So I had to go. He took me out of college, made me go to work at uh at the Burlington uh, industry with him, at the cotton mill with him. So I had to go work with him to, at the cotton mill to actually make enough money to pay him back for the money I messed up before I could go back to college. So uh, I Jeez. spent out a, a, a semester and a half. Paid him his money back. He let me go back to college, and that's when I really started to buckle down with my schoolwork. Then, so in that first
0: semester, when you uh, you know, was the partying, uh, going to, um, you know, Ant? What was it?
2: Yeah, great, well, Yeah, I'm coming from a small town, like I tell you, 800 people, and everybody there your cousin. Uh, I get the North Carolina Ant. Uh, uh, you you got you got you know young ladies from. From D.C., Maryland, with their vibe and style, you got young gotcha, ladies gotcha. from uh, Atlanta. You got them. You got them all, you got them from the Bahamas. You got them all across the world. There. So let's let's and, just say um, you were distracted your first year, right? Yes, it was. Uh, so then, <laughs> not, not only that, but uh, like I say, uh, when, I, when I grew up, you know, you you had to. I had to cut the wood for to put the heat the house. I had to mow grass. I got the ant. I didn't have to cut no wood, and then have to mow no grass, man. I had a ball. Oh, they had to make me come home for uh, uh, for Thanksgiving break and stuff. My parents didn't make me come home for Thanksgiving break.
0: Oh yeah, so you you were just having fun. You, you okay? Got you, got you. All right. So um, in your journey, right? So now now um, your father makes you go work at the mill. You get mm-hmm. the money to pay him back, but then you go back. Um,
2: right.
0: So so I guess the mentality shifted after working at that mill that you wanted to like buckle down. Is that what happened?
2: Correct, correct. Made beam list after that.
0: <laughs> interesting. Interesting. So was it the hard work at the mill that made you buckle down or you just didn't want to have you know you, you you just wanted to stay at school? What was it?
2: Uh it was the hard work at the mill and the and the uh, the embarrassment and the realization that uh how how quick all that could be taken away from you. No you problem. know, uh you working at the mill and you you cutting cotton all day with a pair of scissors and you go home and you got you got all this lint up in your nose. Uh you don't you don't sweat it. No, there's no air conditioning in that in that cotton mill, in that big warehouse. And you there you don't sweat it so much that uh your underwear might have been white when you left that morning, but now they blue can, depending depend on what color of jeans you had on, you don't sweat it so much to die from your jeans and mm. change the uh, color of your underwear. And so he had that. And then I had also the embarrassment where everybody asked and say, Hey, I thought you were going to college. What you doing here? And you gotta tell everybody, oh, I flunked out. You know, and and, then to realize that could have been my fate, that uh, working at the cotton mill the rest of my life could have been my fate. So I was just ready to get out.
0: Okay, so you did your thing. Now you made the dean's list. What were your plans where you were in school? Like you talked about uh, your major. What were your plans? Like, Did you have any plans, like when I get out of here, I'm going to go do this?
2: Oh, yeah. Um, I've always wanted to be an engineer. Uh, Ever since I was a little kid, um, I always told my mom, I was gonna be an engineer, especially with a different world and Dwayne Wayne and all that. Everybody, just about every African American child when I was growing up wanted to be an engineer. We didn't know quite what an engineer done, but Dwayne Wayne was an engineer. Everybody wants to be an engineer. Yeah. Uh, and I had my older brother; he was an engineer, so uh, it really gave me fuel to want to go do that. So yeah, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go be an engineer um, when I when I graduated from college.
0: So when you finished at ANC, what was the next stop in your journey? What, what, was, what was immediately after college?
2: Immediately after college, I went to work as an engineer, a company called Data General. I was a test engineer there. And after there, I left and went to a company called Nortel. Um, and I was an engineer there.
0: Okay, okay. So let's talk about Appliance Bootcamp. How, how do we get from, you know, as an engineer to what you've built with Appliance Bootcamp? What was, what, what was that story?
2: Uh, it goes back into college. When I was in college, I worked at Sears as an appliance repairman. Um, and during those days, my roommates and all my friends they kept telling me, "Hey, Snead, man, you need to just quit college. All you're gonna ever do is repair appliances." I was like, "Nah, man. Once I graduate from college, I'm never repairing another washer and dryer." But the whole time I was in college as an appliance repairman, I always had plenty of money. I had uh, I, I, I I had a motorcycle. I, I could go to I could go to Freaknik. I could go to Black College Week. I uh, I I could go to uh, I could go down to um, Bike Week, and not only could I go, I could I could take my friend. I could get my friend hair done. I had a lot of money. I graduated and became an engineer, and that was the poorest I ever been in my life. <laughs> <An> engineer. <laughs> uh, I, I my uh, no here it is. When I was in college. I could have two or three girlfriends and get the hair done and and travel. And I get married. <laughs> My wife got wash her hair and uh, uh, wash her hair in the, in the sink. And I got the clippers trying to get myself edge up. I didn't have enough money to make it from uh, day to day. I mean, from week to week. It was the poorest i ever been. Um, but uh, I was working as an engineer. Um, at that time, the dot-com burst happened. Um, and when that happened, all the uh, people who was working for uh, anything dealing with the internet, uh, we were making uh, switches. Um, and uh, so my job. I I, I said I got fired, but they call it a grip or laid off. I told people it don't matter, same thing, you're not getting a paycheck. So uh, Mm I got fired and uh, laid off, and I went looking for work. I just got married. My wife and I had just built a house. We just had our first child, and um, I'm trying to find work. And I'm going around to different companies asking them, can I work for free? Um, uh, If they give me a job, I'll work for free just approve myself as an engineer, then maybe I could uh, get a full pay, get a, uh, they can, they'll bring me on full time. And I couldn't even work for free at that time as an engineer. But I would come home and I would talk to the uh, construction workers, the guys who were the plumbers, the electricians, uh, the HVAC people. Because uh, I was in a subdivision where they were building new homes. And they would be mad and cursing because they hadn't had a day off in two or three years. And the more I talked to him, I found out they was making more money than I was as an engineer. And uh, so I said, something's wrong. Here it is. This guy can barely speak English, and he's making more money. and He's working. Now, here you are, a college graduate, and, <laughs> and been working as an engineer. You can write all this C++ and Visual Basic and design circuits, but you can't even work for free. So uh, I asked some of the contractors around there. I said, hey, uh, if I go get my contractor's license, could I wire some of the houses for you? Um, I was fortunate enough to be one of the last generation that came through high school when they still had the skilled trades in there. Okay. Uh, where you used to take auto mechanics, brick mason, electrical wiring. I took electrical wiring. Uh, the time that I took in high school with electrical wiring and working with the uh, the electrical teacher, my electrical teacher, worked with him on the weekends and during the summer when I was in high school, that gave me enough time where I could actually go and set for the state exam. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't apply to take the state exam at that time. You can only take it like once or twice a year. Um, I started studying. I had got the entrepreneur bug. I had told my wife and everybody, I'm not going to be begging nobody for no job. I'm not going to give nobody that much control over my life again to be able to tell me when I can work and how much I can work. Uh, so I, I decided then I'm going to start my own business. And uh, we're going to the grocery store, and I grabbed a small business magazine. And I opened it up, and um, and they had on there the, the top businesses to start. And the very first one at the very top was appliance repair. And I read that, the light bulb went off. Even though I, I was out of work, and I was going around begging people, could I work for free? Um, I was still repairing appliances every day. Uh, my friends and family and my neighbors was calling me every day to fix their appliances. And, uh, and I, I just wasn't charging them. And then um, the light bulb went off. So, man, I can start my own appliance repair business. So we went over there to a place called Office Max, and I printed out some flyers. We went to a neighborhood. Uh, I put the flyers on the door. Uh, by the time we got back home, back then you had an uh, answering machine. I had enough messages on the answering machine to make it to the next week. And uh, uh make it throughout that week, and that's how I started my appliance repair business. Man,
0: I got a, I got a couple questions based on everything you just said, right?
2: Yeah.
0: First question is, um, you talked about high school, and I've heard a lot of people talk about this, like back in the day in high school, mm-hmm. you would be able to take a trade. Um, we yeah. had a lot of, so, so we're from Philadelphia. There were a lot of good trade schools here, um, you know, and they took mm-hmm. it out of school the same way they did where you're from. Yeah. What is your thoughts on that? Like, What are your thoughts on them taking that out of the high school? Do you think that was a mistake, or, you know, how do you feel about that?
2: Yeah, the biggest mistake they've ever done. Uh, because what happened, prior to them taking the trades out of the high schools, In North Carolina, you had about uh, about forty thousand. We had about forty thousand licensed electrical contractors uh, in North Carolina. Uh, Currently, they got about ten thousand, and the average uh, electrical contractor is is above fifty five years old. So what happened? They cut the pipeline off, and you had nobody to uh, to step up and fill into those skilled trades, and you didn't. You don't get exposed to them. So the other thing too in high school. Uh, you might not have been on the track to go to college, uh, but you uh, you got exposed to brick, brick mason, auto mechanics, you got exposed to uh residential wine, carpentry, and you and some people who like to work with their hands, that's where they have at. and uh, with that, you could actually go out here and you can earn a great living. but uh, now the, uh, the high school kids don't know anything about it, uh never been exposed to it, don't know the potential money you can make at it. And then they, um, on top of that, now they look at, they, they started to look down upon the skilled trade. Um, they, if you, uh, somebody working in skilled trades, you weren't smart enough to go to college um, or uh, or uh, you will not making any money. And they started pushing everybody to go to college, go to college, go to college. Even if they don't have, even if they didn't have the capacity to go to college and, and to complete the, uh, the, the curriculum, the parents didn't have no money to send them to college. <laughs> So now you, you're forcing all these people to go to these students get into these student loan debts and stuff, where they go to uh, they go to college and don't even graduate, and they're coming back, um, coming back to uh, the community, uh, sixty to hundred thousand dollars in student loan debt, and uh, and no no viable trade to go out and make money.
1: Yeah, you can't beat that. <laughs> you can't. You definitely can't yeah. beat that. Yeah. And you know, the crazy
0: part is right. So being in real estate, I know what I pay my, um, you know, roofer, my mm-hmm. electrician and all that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them living better than me. Like So <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, yes. a, it's, a, it's a lot of money in the trades. Um, yeah. But I feel like a lot of times we fall in love with titles and things. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to say I'm an engineer, you just talked about being an engineer and not having any money. Right. right but right. in, in our community, in our community, we fall in love with titles way too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I'm Doctor Such and Such, or I'm, you know, I got this degree. Like we we mm-hmm. fall in love with these things that um at the end of the day, a lot of times don't produce value. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not not everybody. There's no one size fits all thing, but mm-hmm. some for some professions you would need that. But the one thing you said that I totally agree with is it became it didn't even become about the aptitude for the person. Like we know we know some folks aren't college material, and yet mm-hmm. we still try to push them through that. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a huge problem. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So now let's let's back to your story, though, with appliance boot camp. So now you figured out that, OK, I'm already doing this stuff without charging. Um, Let me set up this business. And you talked about having enough business after that, you know, a couple days for for weeks. Like you, your answering machine was full. Mm-hmm. Um, So you continued to build appliance boot camp out boot camp out from that point. When did you realize, like, OK, I'm really on to something. This this doesn't even have to be a little hustle. This can be a full fledged business in my career. When did, when did that kick in? Or were you still trying to go back to engineer route because that was in the back of your mind
2: uh, no uh, uh once i started my appliance repair business i was about 28 years old when i started my business by the time i hit 30 i i had retired I was, I, was, I was retired i had enough uh employees and, and stuff i didn't have to work anymore i was retired after 30 and so at the time i wanted to get uh i needed to get more workers and I wanted to uh, get the younger kids that were in high school and middle school, I wanted them to actually come work for me. And so I started going to the parents and say, hey, uh, um, let your kids work with me during the summer. Um, and during the summer, they could work and I could pay them 10, 12, $15 an hour. And then once they graduated from high school, uh, now I could go and start paying them $20, $25 an hour. Um, instead of them going to college and- and come back after they got $60,000, $100,000 in student loan debt, and they come back then, you only work $10 an hour to me to train. So mm-hmm. I, I asked the parents that the kids work with me, and a lot of the parents told me that the kids couldn't work because they didn't have time. I said, they ain't got time? What are they doing? They say well, they play sports. So in order for them to play football and basketball for the high school, they have to go to workouts uh, during the offseason. They have to pay people to work them out, the coaches and the assistant coaches and – and the AAU coaches, they they work them out. And then when they ain't working out during the week on the weekend, they're going out playing travel basketball, AAU, playing 707, I guess it is, football. So they don't have time to, to work because they their the parents are trying their best to get them to get a, a scholarship in football or get into the league. So um, I told them, I said, Well, what day do they not they not play football or basketball? And they told me Sunday afternoon. I was like, okay, uh, bring them to my shop. And uh, I actually paid them to, uh, to let me teach them how to start their own, um, how, to, how to repair appliances. Because I was showing people too, uh, all my friends and family, anybody I could get to, I was telling them uh, the potential in appliance repair and the skilled trades, how much money I was making, all the stuff I was able to do. I was just ringing a alarm telling people, y'all got to get into the skilled trades. It's we, we, with so much money to be made here um so nobody was listening to me so i started uh i started uh i, I from the money from i make from my appliance repair for my business i started doing uh, uh buying blocks over in rocky mountain north carolina i go to rocky mountain north carolina buy a, a block of houses the houses won't for like three or four thousand dollars <laughs> so i just go buy a block and, and start renovating them and flipping them and and rent them out and uh at that time they uh a lot of the rappers started then talking about buy back the block and and all this and that i ain't seen many of them doing it but they're talking about it <laughs> and uh, at the same time uh, uh, a youtuber mr jt hustle and jt automation now he came and we was doing a story uh about uh about buyback the block and i told him i had to get back because i had to teach these high school kids he came he saw that he recorded that he liked that better than he did the stuff about the real estate and so he put that on his channel and then from there he, uh, he asked uh, uh, he, he put it on his channel he got a lot of feedback from people who wanted to come and learn how to repair appliances. And I told him it wasn't worth it. Don't nobody want to do this. Nobody liked the skilled trades, but he, he kept pushing it. We need to uh, we need to have a uh, you need to teach these people how to do this. So we put together uh, I put together a program. I told him I said uh, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna teach people how to start their own appliance repair business. I had so many people. Who had came to me who had lost their job and um they needed to uh they needed to make their mortgage and stuff and um they'll work with me for about two weeks i'll show them how to start their own business they'll go out and they'll make a hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year uh, repairing appliances i had done it so many times i knew i could do it if somebody stayed with me for two weeks yeah. uh, i didn't know if i could do it in a weekend uh, so i told them i said i put together one for the weekend and um, I showed them how to start their own appliance repair business over the weekend um, on a, on a Saturday and Sunday. That way, they don't have to take time off from work. They can come, learn the business, go back to work, um, and they can work their way out of the, out of their job and have their own business. So I, I put yes. the course together, and and we uh, we sold it. We had so many people buy it that uh, it, the banks thought we were running credit card uh, scam. They uh, shut uh, uh, our locked up our bank accounts. Wow, um, we, we uh we had the guys come at that time we had guys come from all across the country uh i thought it was just gonna be local guys coming from north carolina the night before our class um uh we sitting there getting ready for uh for the uh for the actual class to start uh you know just getting our stuff together the night before we have this guy come in and he's peeping around the corner and he want to know how many people in here we said just just two of us you know he was like all right and he's he's nervous and then he he asked us and said y'all ain't gonna rob me are you we're like he said well all my friends said y'all getting people down here y'all gonna just rob people uh, off the internet we was like nah we're not gonna do that so uh, he sat down we started talking so then i asked him i said where you from man he's out from detroit i said "Uh, detroit i said michigan he said yeah i said you got on a plane and you flew all the way to detroit (laughs) He like, yeah, I, 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 he said, that's why my friends told me y'all was going to rob me when I got here. So uh, I went home that night and I couldn't, I couldn't even sleep that night. And I was thinking, I said, man, I got all these grown men coming here from all across the country. not going to teach them how to start a business in a weekend. And at that time, those first classes we had, those were grown men, you know, 45 to, to 55 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are starting to approach retirement and they realized they didn't, they didn't have enough set aside to retire they had kids that ready to go to college they didn't have enough money to put their kids in college and all they wanted to do was be able to make an extra 500 a week um that, that would have put them over where they felt like they could uh they could get past their uh uh their, their dilemma that they were having
0: yeah
2: so, uh, i had these grown men who've been working in factories you know working in auto factories and stuff hey man you ain't lying to me i can make an extra 500 dollars a week doing this stuff. I said, yeah, you can do it. Uh, if you lying, I'm coming back down here. So, uh, I said, yeah, you can do it. So, uh, they left after that weekend. I didn't hear anything for a couple of weeks. Finally, the same guy named Juan who, uh, who came, who came in there looking, he called me back and he asked me, uh, he was, he was at a dishwasher repair. I tell him how to, uh, I'll tell him how to fix it. And so then I asked him, I said, Hey, uh, were you able to, uh, make that goal of 500? He said, Yeah. He said, I've been able to do it. I said, oh, That's good. I said, You're doing it for a week? No, I'm doing about that a day. <laughs> so wow. I said, uh, Have you talked to anybody else in the class? He was like, Yeah. How they doing? Everybody doing about the same. Everybody doing good. It works. So, um, he, but uh, I had, like I told him, I hadn't started a business from scratch in applying prepare in almost 20 years. Uh, so some of the stuff that they had changed for new companies coming in, they told me that the, the little small changes they made. I called JT back and I told him, I said, man, we got it. Uh, we got we got a hit. I have made the changes, and uh, from then on, we've been putting it out. And right now, we got over fifteen hundred people who have came. We got, uh, man, uh, I don't know, thousands of people who, who have quit their jobs and running appliance repair businesses, uh, who make over a hundred thousand dollars a year.
0: Man, that's powerful. That's powerful stuff, right there, fam. Like. Mm-hmm. You know, um,
1: you changing families.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the question I have though is right. So you figured out this thing that changed your life. Mm -hmm. What 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 was it like? Was it something that you were raised to do? Like you said, I gotta now. I gotta help others. What was it that make you say, look? Because you could have just you know figured this out for yourself, went and lived an amazing life, and never put anybody else on. Mm -hmm. Um, What made you decide I'm gonna teach this to others so they can help their family?
2: uh i had once i had some business partners uh i had two indian business partners and um i saw how they were at how they were moving uh one time i had uh, we had a a used appliance store and i had two partners from india in there and every weekend they would come around them and their friends um it'd be like 10 of them 10 or 12 of them in minivans and suvs and they'll come around to the store we'll go over the books and, and and just go over how the week went and then they go to they they leave and they go to all the other little um, businesses and buildings that they own. So uh, one Saturday, I asked them, I said, man, what are y'all doing? They said we ride around to look at our different um, uh, projects. I said, man, I'm riding with y'all this Saturday. So I get in the van, and I ride with them, and we rode a whole day and uh, we went all across Wake County. We went to uh, shopping centers where they had food line shopping centers. We went to Medical uh, Park where they own Medical Park we went to, uh, we'll go to a whole side of town. I mean, a whole yeah. side of a town, and they owned it. Uh, I, I, and we drove all day Saturday, and we didn't get to all their projects that they had going on, and all the stuff that they own. And they'll go back on Sunday, too, doing the same thing. And when I saw that, and I saw that they were, we are pretty much the same age, and um, I thought about what my friends were doing. you know? And I said, man, we in trouble. Because uh, my kids gotta go compete against their kids in years to Huh. and my kids and grandkids are not going to be able to uh, compete with what they're doing and um I, at that point in time um i won't really i won't i won't thinking about creating wealth i won't create thinking about uh, buying assets and nothing like that i was just enjoying life you know trying to trying to go to coffee houses playing guitars uh buying buying crazy stuff and just blowing money i wasn't thinking about building the wealth but after that that was a reality check that I realized that uh uh people out here ain't playing we don't want people out here playing and that was a wake-up call but I said I gotta get I gotta get I gotta get my people woke up and shook and say hey if we don't if we don't uh, if we don't make a change we done in this country yeah because they're
0: giving their they're giving their family a head start they're going to they're going to yeah, be born, yeah. born into assets of so businesses and buildings and all mm-hmm. kinds of other stuff yeah man but that's 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 some powerful stuff right there man first of all i just want to salute you for the work that you've done yeah man you're doing it's not just amazing about work. for yourself but you're changing lives already fifteen hundred people have come through um yeah. your camp so um your camp it, it still exists now people still can come and sign up for your camp if they, they like right how often yeah you? yeah
2: they can they can sign up now matter of fact i got I, I got a class going on this weekend so uh but yeah okay. we uh we have um online version and we got the hands on version the hands on version I, I just can't let you see. This this is a building. That's one of the alumni uh, that uh, we call him. Okay. Uh, so uh, and he just uh, he just purchased forty acres of land. So we're gonna be doing uh doing a little thing together coming up uh where we're gonna be um doing like time, building tiny homes. So we're gonna have like a skilled trades uh, uh work camp where people can come out and show you how to build tiny homes. But yeah, yeah. so they they still come here. Uh, they have the own we have the online the hands on. Uh um alumni are doing great. If you if you if you turn on to uh YouTube or uh, anywhere and you look at anybody, especially African American who's doing uh appliance repair, more than likely they will came to appliance boot camp.
0: Yeah, and you have a, a channel as well that we want to make sure people subscribe to your channel and see this work that you're doing because man, it's some powerful stuff. Yeah. Um the question that I have is if someone was interested in like going to appliance bootcamp, how much would it cost? Like one of your a, a new student that's watching this video and says, Man, I could do that. What kind of um upfront cost would they have?
2: Uh, we have a payment plan on uh, $199 a month, uh, that you with that $199, you get access to all of the, uh, videos instantly. Um, not only do you get the appliance repair business, but you're going to get the, uh, dryer vent cleaning business, how to, uh, how to clean dry vents. I got a young man that I, uh, I was talking to earlier today. Uh, I'll be talking to him again Monday. He cleaning dry vents. He, uh, he just landed a contract for 330, uh, apartments. Um, he's gonna clean them in, in two weeks. Gonna be eighteen thousand dollars. So uh, mm. you got, I teach you how to start a driveway cleaning business. I teach you how to do a, a blender repair business. Um, the uh, blenders that you see at Tropical Smoothie, uh, Smoothie King, uh, Starbucks, those blenders are about fifteen hundred dollars, uh, two thousand dollars a piece. I teach you how to fix those. You get the appliance repair business. Uh, not only do you get the appliance repair business you get the garage door installation and repair business um i have an ice cream parlor where i make homemade ice cream i uh, you get the ice cream parlor business um and then you'll get my real estate business uh as soon as i go full full uh, full speed into real estate but anything okay. that i do to earn money or i have done and ran businesses in in the past to earn money um I, i'll uh, you'll get those uh actual um uh, businesses and their videos you can watch if you want to come to the uh, and it's a total of $1,700 uh, yeah. for online. if you want to come to the actual uh hands-on event where you actually come here and um you come to the actual uh to my academy and actually work on everything hands-on uh that'll be 3,000 and we have a, a payment plan for that too $300 a month but with that 3,000 you get all the online videos also okay. uh, and you uh you can go out there and you can actually start making your money and pay for it most of the people who take the course i'll be honest with you they start off when they come to the hands-on live event they say "I only wait because we've been taught all the way you can learn is in the classroom i gotta i know me i gotta be uh, right in the classroom okay uh, i want you to go ahead and start your business before you come so you get the online version and then from the online you go ahead and start your business and then when you get here I can just clear up questions that you have. Kind of like when uh, in school, you do your homework at home. Then when you get to school, the teacher helps you uh, figure out stuff you didn't know. By the time it's time for them to come to the class, most of them send me an email. Hey, sweet, man, I'm busy. I got too much work. I know what I'm doing. I'll catch you later. Uh, I don't need to come to the class. Uh, I'm good. I got my money. Most of them call me up and say, hey, uh, I want to go ahead and, and clear my tab. Man, I got enough money. After about the th- After about the second month, they got enough money. To pay the rest of the course i want to go ahead and uh, can i pay all my let me go ahead and pay all my money and uh, uh i'm not going to come down to the class but I, I want to i want to uh support somebody else so i i give you some money to give somebody else no nice that's what normally yeah. happens
0: that's something we may have to do in the future Course sponsor somebody to go now in terms in terms of your app in person is that like once a month once a quarter once a month
2: we do it once a month
0: okay okay cool 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 oh man so this is this is amazing work you're doing good brother like first of all yeah, man. Like, <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking about the money I pay to have repli- appliances repaired, like ovens. Like yep. ovens. Yeah. to me it's always oven. I always pay a grip for oven mm-hmm. ovens always, you know, it's land uh-huh. like it's always oven. Uh-huh. Oven's and, and dryers. Like so uh-huh. yeah, man. I, I sit in I'm thinking about it like that's how you, that's how y'all making all that money. Cause uh <laughs> it, it, costs, <laughs> it costs money to repair
2: appliances. Yeah, know? yeah. And that's why I keep telling everybody. You no, know, um, people don't know uh appliance repairs the last game of the skilled trades. That you can still get into without a contractor's license. So no, you boys got HVAC, plumbing, and electrical locked in. Um, You know, in order for you to get a plumber's license or electrical contractor's license or HVAC license, you gotta go work for a company for at least five years, and then they gotta sign off and and, and tell the state that you don't work for them for five years, and then you can go take the test. So if you're lucky enough to get them to sign off on your papers, um, then they got the test in front of you. And they got less than a two percent pass rate, so they're gonna—they got people. Their—that's their job is to make sure you don't pass that test, because um the most people uh, that pass the—if they make a lot of people get a contractors license, the value of my electrical contractor license goes down. So they gotta make sure that they just keep a steady flow of people in, so everybody can maintain their profits and stuff. Uh, oh, that's and so electrical, HVAC, plumbing—that's a lot but uh, appliance repair doesn't require a contractor's license but you you make just as much money as if you had a plumbing contractor's license an hvac or electrical contractor's license so now's the time to get in and what we're doing we're actually getting in and we're going out and um and making our money building our businesses and we're looking for the next generation we're going to be able to tell our uh our kids and our grandkids that you got one that's pretty smart uh, that have the capacity to learn, you're gonna tell him, uh, you're gonna to have to go over there and uh you gonna you know you can you can you can go to college or whatever, but after college, you're gonna to have to go over there and uh and work over there at uh uh ABC uh, eight uh, HVAC for three to five years so you can take that test. And once you pass that test, you bring that license over here to my company. <laughs> exactly. Now, once we get that license into your company, you straight. So now you, all you, your family, good because now whenever you got a a a a nephew, niece, or grandson or daughter who have the capacity to take the test, you put their name down and let them go take that license test. And once you got your license in that company, you good, you good.
0: Yo, that's, that's, that's amazing. Uh, you know, strategy right there. That's, that's, yeah, powerful, like, that's,
1: that's how you build for generations. That's yeah, we got, generational we got, we, wealth.
0: We got this thing sorted out, man. This is this, mm-hmm. is, this is, this is a, I'm getting excited about this, man, but listen though, let me ask you this question. So, um, you know, you've had this journey, right? Where you wanted to be an engineer. You talked about mm-hmm. actually achieving that goal and then mm-hmm. realizing it wasn't what you thought. And mm-hmm. now you've created this thing where you're changing, not just your life, but the lives of families all across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, Throughout this journey, though, what would you say has been your biggest hurdle or something that you had to overcome to get you to where you are today?
2: Uh, the biggest hurdle that I had to overcome was when I first got into entrepreneurship, uh, especially being an African-American and being the first person in my family who who is an entrepreneur and leaving corporate America as an engineer and stuff, The educating them what an entrepreneur is uh, and, and the ability of it. Uh, unfortunately, uh, a lot of, a lot of people back, No, you know, it's cool now, to, right now, it's cool to be an entrepreneur, but uh, 15, 20 years ago, that was the worst thing in the world to be was an entrepreneur. Um, people thought that you couldn't cut, cut, couldn't cut it in corporate America. Uh, you know, you look at the cartoons when we was growing up, where they showed Mickey Mouse out there in the factory working and slaving. Then they showed some uh, boss sitting in the office with his feet up smoking a cigar, counting money. And, and and then you know the, our parents, my parents grew up in working in the cotton uh, mill, and and they had supervisors, and they would come home complaining, supervisors lazy, don't do no work, and so that was the hardest thing where um I would uh, I was learning about how true wealth was uh was being created, and then I wanted to educate my people, and uh, not having nobody I could talk to and been made fun of, um, mm-hmm. but, um I, I I remember sitting around. Uh, one, one, one holiday season, and the family wanted to uh, come up with a way that they could make some money. And I said, okay, here go my chance to uh, shine. <laughs> so uh, I was telling them, hey, let uh, let's come in and let's go uh, let's go buy these uh, uh buy these houses. I was buying houses for three and four thousand dollars at the time. I said, let's come in, um, build up, start an LLC. Everybody put their money in. We go out here and we buy these houses and stuff we'll flip them we can rent them out and I I I I gave them the plan of what I was doing man that's stupid uh uh, and what they came up with everybody's gonna put in like ten dollars to buy lottery tickets and uh yeah I had to sit there and take that I had to make I I like I said I used to call uh they used to call me Kanye West they said here come Kanye West for that crazy talking so I had to take all of that and they their thing was uh, every week everybody put in ten dollars and they go buy lottery tickets and if they hit they're they're gonna split. Honest. Honest.
0: Wow. Oh, man. Man. That really <laughs> hurt
2: when you know especially when I'm sitting there beside these guys and I'm seeing what they're doing. I know I'm I'm saying my business partner uh they're building a. they're building a a, a a civic center in Morrisville. And uh he came there with the uh with the uh, with a, a model, a 3D model, and you know, here I am sitting there with my my kids and stuff, and I'm, tr- I'm just trying to figure out. I'm just I'm just doing the basics, uh, you know, teaching them their multiplication table. Now he'll sit there with his daughter, and he bring it into the store th- that night, and he's showing me with uh, him and his daughter had been working on a civic center 3D model. where you pull the top off, you can see the best they had. They have a civic center. They're gonna have a concert stage. They're gonna have basketball courts. He showing me that's what they had built, and that's what they're building in Morrisville. And I was asking them, I was like, uh, "So what y'all gonna do there?" And he was like, "Well, we won't get no money out of it. We won't use it, but uh, we're gonna let you all uh, have y'all, we're gonna let you all have y'all AAU basketball games there, and let y'all have concerts there uh, to pay for it. And then my kids and stuff, they'll be able, my daughter and them, they'll be able to do what they want to with it, that generation. So I was happy to see that, and." Uh, <laughs> And, uh, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, we, we're
0: in trouble. Uh, it, so, so you must like what's, like, actually going on now, because it seems to be some sort of a renaissance. Well, well, first of all, the Internet made the world smaller because mm-hmm. as someone who grew up loving business, investing, like, numbers, mm-hmm. real estate, mm-hmm. I understand what it's, it's like. It's, it's lonely. You have mm-hmm. no one to talk to. Everybody around mm-hmm. you is looking at you like you're insane. Yeah. But now I have people all across the country, you know, who I met in person, know mm-hmm. now that I can talk to about business. Um, so the internet is a, a big game changer. So mm-hmm. what is your feeling after going through that, like that that lonely phase of entrepreneurship to now being able to have your own students and people that you can talk to about business? Like, what does that feel like? Oh, it's, it's, it's
2: great. It's great. I, um, I, like I say, now I, I got, uh, I, I have partners. Uh, I got people, like I just say, um, uh, one of my partners just walked in, uh, one of the alumni, Slick. Like I said, he just bought 40 acres of land and we're sitting down. We're we're talking how he develop his land, and, and now, we, uh, we, it ain't just talk. No, we got the cash to put in there to get it done. We got the, the we got the uh, knowledge base to go there and fix this stuff. Um, and so we sitting there talking talking that. Uh, now it's uh uh it's, it's, where now it's cool now to be an entrepreneur. Where now people are waking up to the student loan debt. People are now seeing. Uh, I, I I I I I give a lot of credit. To about maybe 10 12 years ago when Dane dash done that interview on the breakfast club uh, yeah that right there brought him made people really come to it first everybody thought he was crazy uh, mm-hmm. he's he stupid he's talking crazy but you look after he made that you look at those people at that breakfast club now they try to talk like Dane. <laughs> talking crazy to him about it now they try to emulate him uh talking about they business businessmen. You need to you need to have your own thing. You don't need to work for nobody. And, and what you saw there with Dane is what I had to go through every day when I got around friends and family and multiplied times 10. Uh, I had I had I, I had to go through that all the time. And but now I have people I have thousands of alumni who call me and they're not calling, they're calling me because we're talking business. Like I said, I had I had a guy I talked to last night, talked to him again this morning we're working his cost of doing business and like I say he, he just he just he just grabbed a well he got 300 some apartments about it. we gotta make sure that he that he's getting a good bid uh and that they give him a good contract so we're working those numbers uh yeah. seeing them buy real estate saying uh seeing my alumni and seeing them actually put together schools, school seeing them actually mentor people seeing them being
0: the industry leader yeah so you yeah. you've built you've built your own tribe right and that's oh, some, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, sometimes yeah. some what you have to do you have to like find your tribe yeah. once you find your tribe you know sky is the limit yeah. um yeah so you, you, this story this story is very inspirational man and um there's a lot of stuff here core you got something you want to say
1: good brother i'm just i'm dumbstruck a little bit because i'm you know i know it's people out here doing the work but for me changing thousands of people's lives and then creating your own business partners like you are a living example of what in a, in a micro sense of what we should be doing in a macro sense and um like for me i'm like this is great like you know like you're you've built what we're building mm-hmm. and so you know i'm 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 really you know excited and proud you know like you know how you, you know, I, I've never met you and I'm super proud of you. And I don't even know, I know nothing about you. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, so, it you know, for the, for me, I'm mm-hmm. proud that somebody's doing the kind of work. Someone that looks like us. That, and yes. I mean, that's You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, you know, we've, we've met a lot of people on this show that have done a lot of amazing things. And this is, you know, this, this podcast has given me an opportunity to meet and, um, and talk to people who are doing absolutely amazing things. It gives me hope, right? Because because at one point, I felt hopeless. I was like, man, we are are (laughs) absolutely doomed. And then seriously, this podcast gave me hope because it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, there are people that make sure that we're not going to go down without a fight. We're Mm -hmm. not absolutely doomed. And so I want to say thank you uh, first and foremost. And then after thank you, I want to say I'm super proud of what you're doing. So you know, uh, I don't even know what else to say after that. <laughs> yeah, man, that's good work you're
2: doing, good brother, man. man I appreciate, so- it, man, and proud of what you all are doing, man. Getting the word out. Um, yeah. I, I I love what you all are doing with uh, doing it with real uh, real entrepreneurs and real people doing it. Uh, yeah, that's that's one of the, one of the things that I think uh, happened with uh, with us. We don't get to see real entrepreneurs and real business owners. And um, and now that. These, these guys, I wish I wish they would give more shine to the alumni and show them uh, that they're real business owners. They're not riding around in those no suits. I mean, they ride around Lamborghinis. They not they not dressed up in those no suits and ties. Uh, we was laughing. We was at a conference last uh, last week over in uh, Tampa Bay, and we was laughing because we're we're a skilled tradesmen. And we walk around looking like bookmen from uh good times, dressed like that all the time. <laughs> yeah. but all of us have money, yeah. <laughs> we have money, could do what we want to, yeah. Um, but that we, we give a false impression of what entrepreneurs look like. And I, I i tell people all the time, I go to meetings with I know multi 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 millionaires all the time, some even billionaires. And I haven't yet to see one of them in a suit. Uh, this past week, this past week, I was in there with uh with uh with with the commissioners and and everybody that um in here everybody in their own had huge businesses lots of money and stuff no everybody had on like jeans khakis nobody was dressed up in no suit and tie.
0: yeah that, that, the, see what we're taught about wealth is all marketing because it it mm-hmm. gets us to spend money corey mm-hmm. and i sat down with a billionaire a couple weeks ago and this dude looked like um just uh,
2: everything the,
1: yeah, the plainest like plain <laughs> Do like my man had on a regular scarf he had on a jacket he mm. had on yeah, sweater, just regular, a, not regular. Sw- sweater vest and a pair of khakis and a yeah. pair of loafers you yeah. couldn't pick him out of a lineup as a billionaire but here's yeah. the thing
0: though I, I think a lot of that is all marketing right so since the time we're born we're marketed to and told what a millionaire what money looks like mm-hmm. and a lot of it is, is to get us as people to consume because mm-hmm. so now we want to consume the things that we think Rich people have. Right. Yeah. But it's about adding value to the marketplace, which is why I thought your story was so important. And, and shout out again to our brother, Kamari. because yes, right. Yeah, because he's right. Because he, he hit me like, yo, you got to get his story on there. He was like, this is amazing. And he's right, because, you know, um, we a lot of our folks are real estate. A lot of us are in finance and a lot of that. But some of your story resonated because um, we've had these conversations about the trades and how mm. they've taken the trades out of schools. But it's so mm. much money there. There's so Mm -hmm. much money in the trades and you, you know, I didn't even notice until you just told me you show people how to make it without even having to go through the, uh, the steps of the life. Like you still can do this without having to get those licenses. That's, Mm -hmm. that's some powerful stuff right there, man. You, you, you hit on a gold mine, man. Like, um, you know, so, but let me ask you this though. Mm -hmm. Um, what is, if you had to go and think about like your journey and all that, what would you say is your favorite book or book that's inspired you along this journey uh, to get to where you are now?
2: Uh, up from slavery, um, from Booker T. Ooh, Washington. See, uh, yeah, I I, um, I, 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 I read that. That's one of my daily, my yearly reads. And um, uh, I actually kind of built this right here based upon what he done with Tuskegee. If I was to take you into the front room where you come in, I actually have handwritten letters to Booker T. Washington hanging on the front in here. Um, mm-hmm. I want, I want that essence and that spirit to be in here, where he actually uh, came in. And he, he looked at uh what was wrong with them. When they bought that land in Tuskegee, mm-hmm. uh, they actually had to look and, uh, the land was barren. It, wasn't, it, wasn't, it wouldn't grow anything. They had been putting, uh, 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 they have been doing like uh, cotton and tobacco for so long that it took all the nutrients out of the land. And so the land couldn't produce anything. And so what he had to do, he had to, uh, they gave him the land. He needed land. And so he brings uh, uh, Dr. Uh, George Washington Carver in there uh, you know, George Washington Carver, his first thing was, hey, we gotta repair this land first. We got, we got, we gotta get something to bring nutrients back into the land to repair, it. and then after we repair it, then we can move forward. But until we can fix this land, can't move forward. So that's why he started planting peanuts and soybeans uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, and sweet potatoes. And up until then, peanuts was a, considered a waste, like a, a like wild onions. Then nobody had nothing to do with it. But he knew that that took the uh, brought the nutrients out of the air, and put it back in the land, and repaired the land. So he had to have them. So now after he planted all these peanuts and stuff to fix the land, he got to figure out something he could uh, to do with these all these peanuts. So that's why he started creating those products, uh, the vaccines, the peanut butter, and all that. So now he got something he can sell the stuff off and make the money back. And that's where he kept going. And I look at us the same way. We have been stripped of uh, all the nutrients in uh and within our culture and everything. We're we're bad we're barren people now I look at the skilled trades as the as it's like those peanuts that i'm planting it back into our people to bring it right. back because you got the skilled trade um you, you now if I, if I if i if i'm in the skilled trade i'm a force to be reckoned with because i don't need you to come uh these buildings i got if you go look at my old uh youtube channel and stuff these mm-hmm. buildings they were they'll run down the whole town was ran down and write it down when i came here i paid fifteen thousand dollars uh for two buildings and they're totally messed up and i took two guys uh two high school guys off the street who didn't know how to swing a hammer or scared to climb on the ladder and we renovate we brought these buildings down to the studs and put them back ourselves and not only that now that uh, i got that skill set now other businesses are uh, coming here um and in gonna of the town uh, i got one of my friends just bought a building uh, across the street, put a fish market in there. Uh, because now we uh, we are skilled in skilled trades myself. And not only that, I have a skilled trade business to give me the cash flow and the money. When he got ready for put his fish market building in there, uh, he bought the building. The building needed to be renovated. I went in and renovated the building, paid for the material, paid for the labor, everything, told him, hold your money, man. I'm good. You hold your money and put it towards your operating account. And you, this yeah. to thrive. Uh, you ain't gotta pay for nothing. I got everything you need. I all the materials and all the tools, uh, all the knowledge. I can do it myself. You ain't gotta go ask nobody for no loan. You ain't got. You ain't got. Uh, worry about no contractors coming in here. And uh, we are gonna do it in two weeks. In two weeks, he had his building up and running, and didn't have to come out his pocket for nothing.
0: That's and amazing.
2: That's, that's what the skilled trades do. They allow you now to be able to come to your to your friends and stuff and be able to uh to build houses renovate houses like like uh like i, I mentioned again slick he bought he bought 40 acres of land and he mm-hmm. he don't want to have to uh, the, the cut his land up and, and sell off acres and stuff to finance building a house or do whatever uh, to make money with the land so we what's we call we go out and we figure out a way that he can um uh, make money with the land we got another guy too mike if mike listening mike bought 20 acres um and so we're going out figuring out how you can how they can make money on that land and keep the land. And and we come together. You know, all of us got the we, we got the skill set and everybody got the finances. And because we run businesses, we got time. We got we got time to go work on it together. And y'all, we, y'all, y'all, y'all
0: getting your own reparations. Y'all, y'all creating your own, y'all
2: buying your yeah, 40 acres. So. But that's what is funny, that's what the alumni said. They said applying food camp is reparations
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah man that's that's some that's man listen The cory cory said it all bro like mm-hmm. i don't know what else to say but to salute you because this is this is an amazing story um so what does the future look like so what does the future look like for appliance boot camp you, you know um are you looking to continue to do more of the same or is there anything else that you're looking to do in the future
2: yeah um eventually i think we have another year of creating entrepreneurs um so what happens uh, I think that I, I think the black colleges and stuff kinda got it backwards where they uh they they, they, they bring students in there to actually train them and, and give them all these uh, skill sets and stuff, but they don't have nowhere to go plug that skill set into. So so now you once you graduate, now you gotta go beg somebody for a job. You don't have no alumni yeah. no businesses and none of that. So you ain't got yeah. nobody to look out for you coming out. So now uh right now we got over a thousand or so uh business owners. And now we got a serious demand where they need technicians. So now um, make sure I can be able to turn the switch over and go to the high schools and stuff and tell the parents, hey, instead of you sending your kid over there spending uh, $100,000 and he ain't going to make no money, uh, bring him down here to uh, Appliance Boot Camp. When he comes to Appliance Boot Camp, uh, I guarantee I, anywhere he want to go in the country, I got somebody ready to take him. And I know that person that's going to take him. That person know your son, your daughter. They know what your son and daughter need, and they can they can give them where they need to be at.
0: Man, listen, that it's funny you say that because uh, Corey's actually said it to me before. He said a lot of times these kids go to these HBCUs, he said, "But we failed them because they have nowhere to come home." We're mm-hmm. talking about finance degrees, but mm-hmm. it's the same premise. It's like mm-hmm. they get the degree, but when they come home, Yo. we have no hey, we, we didn't provide a place for them to go. Yeah.
1: I I, I helped build two young men into. To help them on along their college journey. They mm-hmm. went to schools and they mm-hmm. got finance degrees. They wanted mm-hmm. to bring that back into the neighborhoods, and it they, couldn't wait, find a, they couldn't find a job that paid them more than forty grand a year.
2: Yeah,
1: and so they literally had to go shoot. One had to go to Chicago, and yeah. one had to work for a, a bank in New York to mm-hmm. be able to make those finance degrees worth what they paid mm-hmm. for them. But yeah. they literally came back into the hood and struggled for a year. Because they couldn't find a black business to work mm-hmm. for, because mm-hmm. when I, you know, when I was helping them build and try to get those degrees, I said, mm-hmm. "Listen, you're not getting those finance degrees just for you. You're getting those finance mm-hmm. degrees for us, for mm-hmm. for the for the community." Mm-hmm. And they came back into the community, and we had nowhere to put them. I didn't hey, have nowhere to put yeah. <laughs> I didn't have yeah. anywhere to put them. I didn't have systems built when they came back. Mm-hmm. And so, even though they did what I asked them to do, I felt like I failed them. Because they had to go, they had to scatter across the country to get to be able to feed their family. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so now, you know what I mean. What you're doing, like that—that that, for me, I was like, "Dang, I wish I had done it that way." But you know, mm-hmm. you know, a wish—you know—we can wish all day. Yeah. From this point forward, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I now I have a, a, an example right in front of me of how you know what I mean. How to play up, yeah, how the yeah, how, how, yeah, run the play. Yeah,
2: I mean, so, yeah absolutely yeah. so right, yeah and, and eventually um and, and believe it or not we're getting to the point now where we are needing to get some of the advanced degrees uh because now uh, we're getting into uh we have multiple businesses we have we have uh, a lot of stuff that we're doing a lot of moving parts but now if we had a, a accountant you know like now I, i've been having this uh, this discussion with my wife where this thing where your, your kids saying hey i want to go to school and uh and major in social work you can't do it we need an accountant somebody got to be able to do these books i'm tired of paying a cpa so uh, grandchild something hey i'm going to pay for you to go to school you go to school to be an accountant same thing we uh we we're now uh we're, we're doing a lot more real estate we're doing a lot more real estate uh, i'm tired of it. every time i want to get something done i got to pay five thousand dollars to get some drawings done to an architect engineer uh, hey, we we doing two or three buildings every quarter. <laughs> I got enough I could pay a uh, 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 architect to handle our stuff. Especially if we we dispersing out, and everybody's doing it, um, we got enough to support a, a good black architect on firm. And now yeah. we're in business. And like I said, skill trade does all of that. Make uh make all that other all the other careers necessary. Yeah. So so uh, man, you, you got it all figured out,
0: man. You got the whole the whole plan mapped out for you, man. So uh this this is this is powerful stuff, man. So I just want to say continue to do the good work. Um, you are appreciated. Um, and we're gonna make sure we share the story, man. We got to get some folks down there from Philadelphia to go to the appliance boot camp, man. Um, you know, so we can uh,
1: I work at a high school just for
0: okay.
2: All right, thanks. good stuff, man. You're doing great yeah. job out there. We appreciate
0: it. Yeah, man. So listen, so Mike, um, you know, I don't want to take too much more of your time. I just want to say mm-hmm. thank you for sharing your story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely appreciated. And we're going to make sure that we uh, put the links to everything you got going on within the description, so folks can check you out. Also, okay. check out the YouTube channel as well. That's powerful too. So, okay. um, but man, much continued success, and uh, you know, keep keep changing the culture, man. This is this is good
2: stuff, man. Thank you. Man. Uh, thank you all too. Keep doing what y'all doing, man. Y'all doing great work.
0: Yeah, appreciate that, brother. And for our audience out there, make sure that you uh, you know follow Appliance Bootcamp, see what it's got going on. Maybe you want to go down to yourself and get started because uh, you see how this can be beneficial. Um, last thing I got to ask you, Mike, before we get out of here though. Um, you talked about the real estate piece, how you were buying up entire blocks and things like that. How's the real estate business been uh, treating you?
2: Uh, so far, it's been good. Uh, I, I've sold several pieces the last couple of weeks, and that's doing good. But like I told people, the real estate is really my retirement. Uh, I'm not going to know if I make the right decision until like another year or so. So at 50, I'm turning on my real estate. I'm getting away from some of my, my appliance repair business, and uh, I'm, I'm using the real estate as my retirement so as i depend more on my real estate to support me i know in the next couple of years if i made the right decision so i want to turn it on at about 50 55 so if i gotta make some tweaks i'm still young enough to get back in there make some tweaks before i really need it listen man you own the land
0: man everything mm-hmm. comes back to land you know like like you know Booker yeah. T say that everything comes back to the land so yeah. you made the right decision yeah yeah all right so listen for for audience out there um, make sure you follow everything that's going on with Appliance Bootcamp. Make sure you check it out. Um, check out the links in the description to see everything that Mike has. Um, share this episode. You know, whether you're listening to audio, watching the video, just make sure you share it, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll stay in touch with you guys. But as we always say, it's not about how much money you make. It's about how much you keep. Game elevates. We'll see all you guys in our next episode. Peace and blessings.